0: So, before we even start, I think we should address it. Yeah. Uh, address the... <laughs> Orange elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, the world is uh, going down in flames. And this is not funny at all. Even if you're not, like, you're not American, maybe. You don't live in the U.S. and you feel like this doesn't affect you. I just want to... I mean, neither of us
1: are. Does?
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, none of us are American, but basically all this to say that I don't want to sound like I feel like I speak for both of us we don't want to sound hypocrite by ignoring or not talking about the problems that are going on in this country in this country in this world <laughs> definitely not in this country um and to be honest like it has been consuming me uh because we've been through this like you said, it has been a week and like I can't not check twitter and I bought another subscription on new york times and the economist and i've just like been probably consuming too much uh, news and information but i feel like i feel responsible not to if that makes sense oh so yeah i just want to address it and say well if you can help in any way um please please do
1: yeah and yeah. um I donated to uh, ACLU and so many other people did on on Twitter and people were, like, matching each other's donations. um, Which was awesome. Which was really amazing. So great. Um, But, yeah, honestly, like, for this whole day, like, I felt kind of sick. Like, I had this thing in my stomach that, like, I just, like, really can't, like... (laughs) I just don't understand, like, what's going on in the U.S. right now. It's just so horrible and depressing. And, like, the only, like, thing that sort of allows me to, like, keep going is seeing all the people that, like, are fighting Trump uh, and, like, actively taking measures um, to try to counteract the terrible things he's doing um Mm -hmm. to the united states but yeah honestly it's gonna feel weird to talk about design for
0: an hour and if i if if i'm being honest i I have to admit that like going through my timeline on twitter which is like i would say like 95 percent of the tweets that i'm reading is related to these events and then like sometimes i just Someone tweets something like stupid, unrelated, hey my, my breakfast was burned. Haha <laughs> but like I could just it feels irresponsible. Like don't talk about that. And on the other hand, like I feel like it's not fair for me to, you know, judge people in that sense. Maybe they're not even aware. Maybe they I don't I don't know. Yeah. It just feels weird and <laughs> I unfollowed a bunch of people. <laughs> just like because oh, really? and yeah, and I feel bad but not really. It's just like mm-hmm. Yeah, like minimizing this. Yeah. I can like, totally you know, see
1: both sides though, like Yeah. I feel like I've been yeah, yeah. so like uh consumed by all these new these like tweets and everything that I also feel the need of like can we just like talk about something else just for a change and go back to to that later? Like but I don't know. i see both sides yeah Yeah.
0: yeah. stuff because i mean we are recording uh, an episode of layout uh, you know a podcast on design and stuff it feels weird but uh, you know let's try to keep our minds off it and just uh, move on and you know if you're not in a mood to listen to us talking about design stuff uh, i i think it's totally legit totally normal like it's okay don't listen to this right now Uh, come back later or whatever I, i mean it's fine um do what 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 you feel like you should and what makes you feel better so we do have some follow up which uh, was great um by the way uh, also feel like we had to address it we skipped uh, last week so um if you're not listening to this as it comes out there was a span of 2 weeks before um for the last we recorded the last episode so we have like 2 weeks worth of uh, follow up <laughs> and first i have to You know, thank everyone who reached out to us um, regarding last week's, well, not last week, last episode's topic, the feeling tired. Um, I feel like we had uh, one of the biggest reactions in feedback on Slack and on the Twitters. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was great. It was great.
1: Yeah. So, like, really, thanks to everyone who, like, shared their stories and, like, privately and sort of, publicly on the slack um Mm -hmm. that's been like absolutely amazing to to read that um and to me it it feels like one of the episodes that i'm really proud of because i feel like in some sort of very small way like we've done some good like (laughs) usually people like when they reach out to us like it's oh like i really enjoyed your discussion on like this random design topic but this felt more important in a way so yeah really happy that it, it touched some people and honestly like we we sort of when having the discussion we sort of had the feeling that oh yeah like I feel like it's it's not just us like that there's more people out there that feel the same way and like getting those responses from so many people just like confirmed that so thanks a lot everyone
0: thank you so much
1: Another thing I wanted to follow up um, was uh, my experiences at Shopify. I got some uh, DMs and emails from some people that were very worried, and people that were thinking of <laughs> applying for an internship, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, it, it, did Kevin still have a good experience? And like, people being uh, very concerned. Honestly, I joined Shopify like over three years ago now. It was a much, much, much smaller company back then. We didn't have any processes in place for any sort of onboarding and things were very scrappy. And even because of that, like, honestly, I had the best experience. Like I, I did get that, that imposter syndrome, but that eventually faded away and everyone's been like super supportive. Um, So there's, it's, I don't think it's like that Shopify is a bad place to do an internship, like quite the opposite. And now it's a million times better because we've taken all the experiences from from people like me and all the other interns and regular employees have been improving our, our onboarding process continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like for me now as sort of a design lead, imposter syndrome is something that we talk about Uh, actively uh, and it's something that like I try to help other people that are newer to the team uh, to get over so definitely not an issue if you're considering applying for an internship at Shopify you definitely should uh, because it's amazing.
0: Although I never worked at Shopify (laughs) and this is not because you are my friend and work there Shopify was always one of those companies that I really like look up to like always since I'm you know in touch with them, and since i've you know i've I know the company if I was aware of the company, you always sounded like this is a pretty cool place to work. um what do you guys do, and the work you put out is pretty cool
1: thanks buddy um and yep. no this this episode wasn't sponsored by Shopify. <laughs> I just felt the need to sort of set the record straight. <laughs>
0: All right. Also, okay. Last bit. This is a tiny one, uh, yes. but it was brought up by uh, one of our listeners on Slack, and this is actually a name that I can't pronounce because it's Portuguese. Ooh. So, <laughs> uh, listener Adolfo one um, want us to to know that. Uh, remember, I think I recommended or something um, Moana, the the movie, Disney movie. Yep. Or the soundtrack or something. Basically, they they called the movie Moana, they translated it to Viana in some countries in Europe and maybe some other places. And he came clean and basically said why, Explain why. So apparently Moana is a registered mark in Spain and uh, <laughs> they wanted to avoid, and I'm quoting here, they wanted to avoid some connection with this famous porn star actress from Italy whose name is Moana. So yeah, probably not the best thing to be connected to, uh, if you, especially if you're a kid's movie, but... So there you go. That's, yep. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> okay. We're done with follow-up. Uh, topics. As we promised last episode, we're going to talk about, like, the main topic for today is, the, is presenting and or selling your work to peers, clients, uh, whatever. So, but before we do, because it, it has been two weeks and there's a lot of stuff that happened, let's try to go, like, quickly through all these topics, small snippets of news and just say what we think. How does that sound?
1: Sure, let's do it. Um, All right. So the first one um, that came as a big surprise to me—I don't know about you—but it it sort of happened, uh, and then it spread like wildfire everywhere. it Was on Slack, in person, on Twitter, um, and that announcement was uh, the fact that Meta Lab, or I guess you should call it Tiny, now uh, acquired Dribble, which is pretty big news in the design world if you think about it
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, so i didn't see this one coming yeah me either but like when i saw it i wasn't like super surprised you know like i see that like i don't know i (laughs) it doesn't bother me that much i'm not that interested in this like i i'm not a big dribble user i always even though you know we talked about a lot of problems that Dribble has in the design community, maybe. And there's a lot of, you know, controversy about, you know, designers, the Dribblization of design. Remember that? <laughs> I feel like we, yeah. we talked about that in the in previous <laughs> episode. But, you know, apart from all that, I was never really a big dribble user. Actually, I, I got an invite like pretty late and I'm not, I mean, I don't post that often and all that. So I don't really care about the product, but I always really liked the like the team, the company, right? I like how they were not trying to be the next unicorn in Silicon Valley. I like that they just had this thing that they cared about, um, the execution, like the website, like uh, it's flawless. And it's one of those like things that you don't have to ship a new design every year. Uh, It has been very true to itself. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't try to be something else, something other than it is in what it's trying to do, this I'm kind of rambling here. Um, so I liked what it stood for. I liked the company and I liked the product, even though I was not that big of a user. Yeah. With that said, uh, I like. I'm not super surprised, but I don't like it. Like, if you were to ask me, would you prefer Dribbble to keep being independent, its own thing, or be acquired? Mm-hmm. I would prefer it to be its own thing, just because. Right. Dude, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like we are, we are going towards this, like we have this five big companies and it owns everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I maybe this is my own perception. You know how when you like look back on your childhood, you can only like remember the good things, <laughs> right? You kind of cherish the yeah, good yeah. things. Yeah, you only remember the. So good maybe memories. it's, yeah, maybe it's that nostalgia feeling, but. I don't know why, but I get the feeling that even like 10 years ago, I mean, 10, 15, whatever, whatever. let's say 10 years ago when I got into Apple and Macs and, you know, and the iPhone came out and apps were starting to be a thing. There were a lot of small indie companies that I, you know, I looked up to in like apps like, um, oh my God, what's the name of the... The RSS thing reader, not reader. That's also a good one. The the one you wrote,
1: uh, Net Newswire. You
0: wrote Net Newswire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that you like used to post. Like you wrote markdown and you posted to your blog. Oh, I oh wait, no, 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 it's um, Red Sweater. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Mars Edit.
0: Mars Edit, there which you is go. still going. So remember I Mars think, Edit, right? Remember VB added and, you know, you mentioned Reader and all those like yeah. small companies and even Twitterific and Tweetbot when they were a thing. I mean, the, then the hilarious had, like, thing
1: is that like you're naming companies that still exist <laughs> to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but But yeah.
0: But do they, you know? <laughs>
1: Reader, maybe not, but the other ones are are still like some yeah, they successful. were
0: but they were the shit, like I wanted to be like them, I wanted yeah. to be indie and have my own want like products and and you know, having my own blog <laughs> what's your blog <laughs> I'm not done was the shit <laughs> what's your blog uh I don't know, man again, maybe it's nostalgia, but this thing like it's so cool to be indie, and right now it's like even 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 the 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 idea of being independent, it also, I, I, I have this perception that it's, it's an indie company today is like a bigger deal in a bigger scale than it was like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I if mean, you have like five, a team of five, 10, you're a very small indie team, but are you really?
1: Yeah. I well, I think it's like a nature of just like the tech industry, um, uh, um, like becoming more mature and like had like basically when the iPhone got launched, like I I wouldn't say it was easy to make an app, but it was like the one thing that was awesome was like, Hey, like you can like render this like Twitter API on, on this phone. Well, that doesn't cut it anymore. Right? Like you need way more resources than that. You need, Syncing services and you need, uh, machine learning and you need all these things just to be able to compete. And those require a lot of people and a lot of capital and a lot of investment. So yeah, I, I do agree with you that it feels like there's less and less of these like companies that are run by like just a handful of people out there and that they're sort of all slowly getting acquired one by one by larger companies. But honestly, like, I've been seeing Dribbble over the past, like, few months, like, trying to, like, tack on more and more things, seemingly to make money. So they have, like, the the portfolio thing. They had, um, recently they did a thing where um, it's, like, this, not mentorship, but, like, this class that you could take, which was, like, Hilariously bad, like how un uh, diverse this set of mentors were. I think it was like one hundred percent white dudes. Yes, <laughs> and I look at this and I'm like, can't we just let Dribble be Dribble? Like, why why does Dribble need to get into this? And it seems like yeah, they probably need the the money. So if you, I like the way I see it is if you start with the assumption that okay, Dribble needs more money to. Keep being dribble, otherwise, it'll have to like change to become this thing that obviously Dan and the rest of the team don't necessarily want it to, to become. Then they have to find an acquirer. Um, and honestly, if you like start thinking like who else could have acquired dribble, I feel like uh, Tiny, aka Meta Lab, is probably one of the best acquirers out there. So, I oh, don't yeah. Know. yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I feel like they haven't totally destroyed, um, designer news. Like they've done a (laughs) responsible job at it. Uh, it's not Mm -hmm. perfect, but it's at least kept like the original intent of the site. It's like shipped new updates to it. Like it's not abandoned or anything. So I honestly, I classify this as a, as a good thing in general. And I think it's gonna give the, the team at Dribble like more resources to expand and work on new things and and focus on what really matters.
0: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> to be honest, oh, yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> the small portion that I do care is like, sure. I mean, it's not a bad move. Uh and tiny if anyone's gonna buy it, like I said, uh, tiny seems like a good fit. Cool. That's out of the way. Uh by the way, remember that listener that uh let let us know about Moana and Viana thing? Yeah. He also asked us what do we think about this uh, Juventus Juventus? Juventus new logo?
1: I'll let you pronounce
0: it. Um <laughs> Well, yeah. Well it's in Italian, so Juventus I don't wanna I don't know, uh, the, the, the football team, and by football I mean the real football, I'm not going to even say the word, um, they have a new logo, and why, why do we care? Uh, we don't really, but uh, our <laughs> listeners, or at least one of them, cares, and asks us. So let's give a, a very quick uh, feedback. I'm looking right. at this, I don't know if you, if you have it in front of you. Yeah, I do. Um, and, well, take a look at the old one, because you kind of need that context. What do you think?
1: I think the execution of it is certainly pretty good. Like, it's a very solid mark. They have a good concept of, like, okay, let's keep the stripes, uh, but use them in a more abstract way. Um, So, in terms of execution, number one. Uh, In terms of like the overall idea, I'm really not sure that it fits with like what people expect uh, for these teams. I'm looking at this screenshot here where you see like all the different other teams and all their logos. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the Juventus one certainly looks maybe a bit out of place. And honestly, that could be a great way to like differentiate themselves out of the other ones. But it just doesn't really feel like a sports team logo to me. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it almost feels too, uh, too like minimal, too simple. I don't really see myself like falling in love with this logo. I think the most interesting things that they do with it is the, the typography of like when they write the full word and they have like the very mm-hmm. condensed version of it. That is like pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm. I have to admit, I'm not convinced. What do you think?
0: It's funny how you, without you know having the con- the baggage, the cultural baggage. Yeah. In <laughs> Keep football. in mind,
1: I have no idea. No, 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 no. no but
0: is. just let me finish. Uh, I, it's, for me, it's interesting that you, without all that baggage, like you probably arrived at the same conclusions that I did. <laughs> Meaning that, like, I like it. Um, it's smart. Um, so you have. Just with those two shapes, you have the the J of, you know, Juventus, Juventus, of the word itself. You have the stripes of, which is like the look of the team. And you have the little shields, which is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a nod at their old uh, design and overall like the designs of football teams they have usually a shield <laughs> mm-hmm. so I like that and it's like it's smart it's very designy uh, but I think the the fans will hate it because <laughs> it's it's not, it doesn't look, it doesn't say football team logo and like I said it will stand out a lot when it's you no know, <laughs> side by side with all the others, which can be a good thing uh, standing out but to me, it's like this is a r- awesome new redesign, a new logo for like a uh, an app, or <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, a, or like or a clothing
1: company or something.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So uh, I, I I'm not gonna say that it's bad. I just I, I'm not super confident that it will be a success. Yeah, but I like it. I like it.
1: Yeah, I don't know, and I, I'd be curious to hear like someone that's more emotionally attached to this this team, uh, weigh in on uh, on the topic. But honestly, like I'm looking at all the images, and it just seems like, okay, like I don't know, I like the logo doesn't inspire me, or like doesn't make me feel like I I love the steam or not.
0: I don't know. You've got to become more mainstream, more pop," said the. <laughs> President of the team. Wow! <laughs> Make it pop. I feel like the word "pop" should be banned uh, from, like you know, it should be okay to use it.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I've just seen the the shield, and the shield actually looks quite nice. I think so. Maybe they they roll with that more than like just the the J on its own, because I feel like it has a bit more personality. It's a little bit more interesting. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll see that more.
0: So there you go. Uh, Adolf, uh, here's our take. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Man, I still have uh, two other things before we get to our main topic. Uh, Shopify Summit. Uh, if anyone follows you on the Twitters or on the uh, Instagrams and social medias, has seen that you have been partying hard for the last... Was it what two days or? Oh, yeah. Something? Uh,
1: so it was uh two days of summit, but there were there was one day before uh, that we got there because it was in Ottawa and I'm from Montreal, uh, and then we came back Ottawa. the day after. So in total, it was four days. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, I I don't know how much like people are interested in in hearing about this, but basically the Shopify summit is uh an opportunity for all of the Shopify employees to get together at like the city of our headquarters, which is Ottawa. Um, and we all meet and there's talks from, uh, execs or, or product managers and stuff like that. Uh, that sort of talk about our kind of overall vision and, and themes for the year. And it can sound very boring. Uh, but I'll put some pictures <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> The venue was incredible.
0: Yeah, the pictures, they don't scream boring at all.
1: (laughs) No. Um, So, like, everything was super well designed. Every little, like, experience has been considered. Uh, Shout out to Mandira and Rachel uh, for designing uh, this amazing brand. Um, But, yeah, anyways, um, there was this... Gigantic gigantic venue with a super wide screen. Uh, that made me think of uh, uh, one that they had at uh, Google I.O. Uh, a couple of years mm. ago, or it might have been even wow. last year. I don't remember. Uh, no, last year was outside the year before. There you go. Yeah, two years um, ago. But yeah, it, and it's been amazing. Um, so we spent the whole day like listening to talks and hanging out and getting to know some people that we don't know because because we double every year it's a bit harder to get to know everybody so this is a great opportunity for us to do that Um, so there were lots of parties um, but it's also been super incredible to like listen to everyone from all sorts of different areas in the company and see what their their plans are going to be for for the next year and I've gotten like super inspired uh, by it and I know I'm gonna. This is gonna sound like an ad, but honestly, like I'm so damn proud to work at this company. Like, I think there are like an incredible amount of super smart people, um, and I'm super happy that I can be a tiny little part of it. So yeah, Shopify Summit was awesome.
0: Shopify is not at all related uh, and uh, affiliated with Layout FM. Uh, all the views uh, expressed by Kevin Clark are uh, all of his own and not from uh, the show.
1: Yeah, I totally feel like I, I deserve my referral bonus now.
0: <laughs> so if you apply, cool, please, I mean,
1: please put in my name.
0: Man, looking at pictures, uh, it looks like uh, you had a great time. Man, <laughs> I never worked at a company that uh, did that kind of thing, but.
1: It is pretty crazy. That like, was great, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nuts that we put together these events.
0: Um, Looks super fun, yeah. alright almost there. One last thing before we get to our topic, Slack. You know Slack? <laughs> Never heard of them. Yeah, the messaging or uh, whatever.
1: Oh, I thought they they I thought they sold socks <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, through a messaging UI. You have you heard of uh, bots? That's like the new design.
1: Yes, um, conversational commerce. So
0: they released a thing they call Threads. Uh, why is this here? What? Why? What do you have? <laughs> to say about this
1: (laughs) all right so i was fairly optimistic when they release it and then i use it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. honestly i don't know i i was more curious to hear like your thoughts but personally like it's not really working for me (laughs) like overall it's just like more annoying than anything and i don't know that it adds that much and if I'm looking at like the different Slack conversations, like you you see some people like give it a try, but then like yeah. we all reverted back to normal, like r- like conversation just in happening in the th- the normal thread. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, so maybe like I'm gonna admit that I I'm probably not like and by I mean like the teams that I'm in i'm a part of they are probably not the target of this Mm. because i imagine like i mainly use slack uh, on my netlify team and we are about like from 10 to 15 people like in the whole team so it's never like super noisy in so the problem this is trying to solve is when you go to a channel and you see like 300 unread messages and you're trying to like Follow along, and then if you want to like engage in a conversation that happened maybe a while ago, like there's like crosstalk, You know, it's not chronological. If you're trying to follow the conversation, you can't because in the meantime, people have started talking about something else and stuff like that. So threads is you can group basically a conversation inside a main timeline. <laughs> yeah, and you click there and it expands to a new view where it's like it expands there, and you can go back and whatever. So all this to say that I never felt the a big need for this feature even though I can see the feature being like requested and liked by some busier, noisier um, teams. Uh, but for me, so take that however you like, maybe like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he doesn't need to use this or whatever. But for me, is adding a new level of complexity to Slack and is really like if you want to use threads like it, it's intended, it really changes how you see Slack. It's no longer like just a simple chat UI conversation. Like then you have a whole new level of interaction and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan. I don't use it. I never needed to use it. So for me, like it does nothing.
1: Yeah, I I, I do agree with you that it's like this, now this added like level of, cognitive overload that I can't just like mm-hmm. scroll through uh, a Slack channel anymore and like skim mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, okay, no, I'm interested in this. I'm not interested in that. Now I have to like, if <laughs> I'm in a, a Slack channel and there's like six conversations that I haven't read, I don't always know if I'm going to be interested. So now I have to like go in and click in every single one of them to so will like skim the conversation, the little sidebar that pops up to the side that is like super annoying, um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's like a super great addition. We'll see it. I'll keep giving like, I'll keep trying it and see if we can make it work. But honestly, like to me, it's just adding additional craft that we don't need. Um, and I actually like use, uh, uh, Slack stance before that, that if there is a conversation that is like very specific about a topic and that most people aren't interested in the channel, just create a new channel and discuss that there. Um, and then mm-hmm. once that conversation over, then you can close that channel. To me, that was a much simpler model to understand. Um, and, and I think pushing people towards these channels is a probably a better way. Um, that's also why I, I don't like the idea of uh, being able to send direct messages to multiple people. Because um, that... Mm-hmm always cause problems in my opinion. Like you're sending messages to a few people and then like like one extra person wants to join in and then like you add them but then they can't see the the original history and all that. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of classify both of of these features in the same category which is they're making Slack harder to use.
0: Uh, I feel like we should just recognize that they did this in a good way uh meaning that if you don't want to use it nothing really changed except right. for that all threads button in the sidebar mm-hmm. so if you take that out and you don't use it you don't have to it's not adding it's not like making a, a worse experience for people who are not using it so you know kudos to them like that's not always easy to do yeah um so
1: and to was, be fair they had so much pressure to add that feature like, I don't know if you've ever yeah. looked at the the slide uh, the Slack um, like uh, like I don't know mentions on on Twitter. So many people kept asking every day, like, "Can you add this feature? Can you add this feature? Can you add this feature?" Um, and which is a
0: weird feature to <laughs> I don't know. If I had to guess, which you know most requested feature would be, that would not be in the list.
1: I honestly think if probably was like one of the number ones what is
0: your number one like top feature requests for slack huh boy I, okay i can tell you mine my number okay. one is a single account like you have your slack login ah uh, yeah when you set up a new computer new phone whatever you log in with your account and it's like which teams you want to like you know log in and have in the app that's it Cause man, <laughs> installing Slack on a computer or phone or from from scratch is a pain in the behind. It's like <laughs> you have to yeah. log in. I mean, uh, it's not like an edge case right now to you know to see people with five or more Slack teams. Like that's becoming normal. Um oh. So it's it's just a pain. Yeah. So that would be my number one.
1: Right. Okay. I have one, um, <laughs> and it is rewrite the Mac app to be native. It is so <laughs> damn slow and resource-intensive. That yeah, would literally. honestly make they it just, way didn't better. Did they
0: just change it to Electron?
1: Yeah, but Electron is not better. Well, maybe slightly better, but it's... yeah. But they
0: just put some effort you know. into, you know, into that. So the, yeah. Sorry, buddy. That's not gonna. Yeah, happen. but it's
1: not quite there yet. Like when I resize my Slack window. I still have like that giant white space until the the content actually resizes mm-hmm. inside. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're we're See, going they, backwards. They could,
0: they could fix that, you know, with an electron app. I don't know that they could.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe because I know way.
0: I know apps that don't do that and they're very electronic. like abstract. And I don't know, even Spotify, I, I don't think Spotify is electron, but I don't
1: know. Huh? Well that. That's that's my that's my future request. Um. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, dude, uh we're done with smaller topics. We're Let's there. To the... We made it. Yay! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. It's been so long. <laughs> we're supposed to talk about this like a month ago, like that. It's been in our you know, show notes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you get sick.
0: <laughs> yeah. sorry okay the topic is presenting and selling your work that's how we phrase it that's how it's written on the show notes um the trigger for me for this topic i think i was the one that put it in the show notes not not really sure but like why i want to talk about this is because i've been feeling this uh, struggle pain frustration i I feel like that's becoming a a theme in our show uh (laughs) I've been feeling this friction. Okay. Let's call it that of, you know, you spend a day, a week, a month, whatever, working on something. You're really polishing your, your mockups and you're polishing and crafting your idea into this one solution. And then you show it to your team. And a lot of times you get the wrong type of feedback that you're asking or that you are hoping for. Um, A lot of times, like, I feel like I shouldn't have to really explain and defend everything that I, like, all my decisions. Like, (laughs) it's really hard to communicate in, well, in this case, sell your work to other people. And it's not just, I feel like the, the easiest example that you can think of to put this in practice, like, if you're a freelancer and you're selling your work to your clients or whatever, That's like easy, like, right, you've been working on this, and here it is, uh, and you have to sell it anyway. But I mean, in the way I identify the most with this topic is on your everyday operations at your company, you know, you have your superiors, maybe your credit director or, you know, developers in your team or something, you've done something, here it is. And sometimes there's a lot of friction and a lot of, pushback which is good in a way that it's you know all for a better product but it's like i shouldn't have to explain this why don't you just trust me on this (laughs) um which i feel like it's totally not the right way to do it like just trust me uh believe me um it's the best but it's like it's hard man it's hard to take something that you spend a lot of time a lot of energy on and having to really sell it and and sometimes i personally i just feel like hey shouldn't we shouldn't have spent so much time discussing this let's just go with it like trust me believe me which is terribly (laughs) like that's terrible that's not the way to go but it's so hard Mm. to have to be constantly selling and explaining everything all of your decisions
1: so how often do you share your work with other people
0: Uh pretty often every day.
1: (laughs) Huh. Interesting. So like you you're gonna share something and then it's gonna like get shut down or I don't know, like get a lot of very like random feedback that you don't need or like I'm I just trying to understand like the situation here.
0: Um so let's say like, hey, we need this particular screen for this particular product you're like all right give me give me give me an hour give me a day I'll I'll get back to you and you work on it and here it is and it well what about when I do this well what about what happens when the user does that and well what about like well wait I'm I thought of it I thought about that I have uh, here's all the extra ideas, here's why as to why I came to this decision, here's why that, that solution that you're proposing uh, wouldn't really work because of these reasons. So it's like, you know, when you are des- working, uh, designing something, I-, I feel like this applies to not just design, but a lot of other stuff. But when you are thinking of a solution, you do think of, you know, a lot of m- a million different solutions and probably most if not all of the solutions that other people are going to suggest to you like why don't you make this blue well yeah i thought about that of course (laughs) of course i've I've thought about blue but it's like in a final mock-up you had to made you have to make let's say 100 decisions tiny decisions right (laughs) yeah uh and basically when you're trying to sell all that you're going to have to sell all of those 100 little decisions and kind of like defend it. Does this make sense in any way? Does this Do you relate in any way with this? It would be super interesting if you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really. <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like that's probably just because I don't fully understand like where you're coming from or like the, the details of like what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, it's a normal thing to like I cause like I don't expect to design something and have that just go alive. Like I'd actually be worried if that happened. <laughs> if I like came up with a mock-up and be like, hey, like this is what I thought about and people are like, all right, cool, let's start building this. Like I'd be very worried about that because I, I know that I always forget important things and that that sort of small friction of Like, going back and forth and um, having to explain your thinking behind a decision reinforces my design. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, here's uh, another example, just trying to phrase this better. Okay, this actually happened. Uh, (laughs) I've been thinking about a new way to display... I'm trying to be vague here, because I can't really (laughs) talk about this. I was... um, I was trying to come up with a better solution instead of just showing a modal, let's say, like a floating modal on the UI, right? Uh Let's just put it like that. And I come up, I I mean, I went through a lot of iterations, thought a a lot about different solutions and whatever, as you do. And I came up with this thing that I was actually really proud because like, you know what, this is kind of like different and it really works. So I, you know, I put together a bunch of mockups and even like a small prototype just to Show an interaction how this would actually be presented And how this would actually work And because it was kind of like A different solution than just like You know than just like a modal Right I got some pushback and I got some Well but what about this I really don't feel like maybe this solution is better Maybe we should go with that Maybe we should What about this And it was like I was super frustrated Because I Mm. In my head This was a great solution But I couldn't really communicate that But and here's what triggered me. Um, <laughs> we we called in uh, someone that I I don't, I don't want to say his name, but he's like a super famous designer, right? And he's a friend, and like I I wanted to ask him some like feedback. Like I I was generally curious, and I wanted more input. So we set up a meeting with with him, and he helped us like just basically just share his opinion and feedback on the work. Mm-hmm. And he basically uh, communicated what I was trying to communicate, like how why would this be a good solution Mm -hmm. in such a way? Because he's such a pro, (laughs) in such a way, like in one two sentences, that basically he convinced everyone that this is the right solution. Right. And I was like, God damn it! (laughs) How how do I get to that level? In like that's what I was saying. (laughs) Did you (laughs) hear me? <laughs> I didn't want to say that because that just like it would come off as whining, but it was like yes, that's what I want to achieve. That's what I'm striving for. Mm. It's not really just the work that you right come up with is how you communicate all of your intentions, all of your ideas to someone that you know that just it would it would it would uh. I don't know, solve a lot and uh, probably uh, save a lot of time and effort.
1: Right. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting situation. Um, so w- just to help me a little bit here, like what's the mm-hmm. type of relationship here? Like, is this person like a boss or like, is it, is it like an engineer or cause I feel like maybe that is kind of different. Like, Depending on like who is giving you feedback, and that can—it
0: wasn't one particular person. It was like the team.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so it was like one versus many, basically, right? Or uh, like,
0: sure. Hmm. Well, it's not one versus many because you know some people <laughs> would agree with you. But it's like it's not a democracy. It's not like let's see how many people like the votes and whoever has most votes wins. Mm-hmm. Not really. Just I don't. I like that, like you said, like if if no one said anything, you got no feedback, like that would be worrisome to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not that I'm not asking for feedback. I don't want their opinions. (laughs) It's just like, let's say the end point, like the the goal.
1: So, okay. What if we, okay. Let's start with the (laughs) assumption that you're right. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And you have this amazing idea um, and in this parallel scenario, um, you're not able to convince your bosses that this is the, the or your team that this is the best idea, and then they decide to move forward with a subpar idea, and like I don't know, six months down the road, they people like realize, oh shit, like we should have listened to to Rafa, because um, his idea was actually the the better one, and like. So I guess now, like, we can start thinking about, okay, how, like, given that you know you're in a situation where you know you have a good idea, how do you articulate that in a way that is gonna be easily understood by a large like amount of people? Um, is that like sort of what you're getting into?
0: Yeah. Is that uh, yeah? It's like an idea in it. Well, not an idea. A good good design in itself doesn't sell itself. Right, I don't, f- I don't, I don't believe that if you just make something that is so good that immediately people will uh, recognize its value. Right? Yeah. In two thousand seven, if you said to someone, "Hey, we're building a phone without a physical keyboard," like if you couldn't, if you weren't really able to sell it, no. Here's why it really is better. People just say no because no one likes to do that. And if you ask this focus group of 10 people, they all said that if you prefer a physical keyboard or not, they will say a physical keyboard, right? It's like an idea Did, did you read itself. the
1: stories? Apparently <laughs> Steve Jobs faced so many pushback against the the touchscreen iPhone <laughs> that he said to some people, look, you're going to go into that, this room <laughs> and you're going to sit there <laughs> until you, <laughs> you decide that... You make up your mind and you realize that the touchscreen is a better idea. If you don't make up your mind, you can pack up your bags and leave.
0: <laughs> really? I <laughs> yeah. never heard that one.
1: <laughs> I was like, See, I, even I'm Steve not going like to hear it. I struggle like, with it.
0: <laughs> like, we can, we can recognize that Steve Jobs is probably the, the best person in the world or was to convince you that something was great, right? <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe, yeah. But even then, he wasn't able all the time people. yeah
0: so it's that it's that being able to sell it in here's the thing like sometimes your your idea is not the best idea right yeah it's not like convincing something someone that you're right and that's it just because you don't you're not going to go through the trouble of you know (laughs) working harder or (laughs) you know that's not the point is just how you communicate your ideas your your work Mm -hmm. how do you sell your work Right. I, as we're having this discussion, I'm just realizing that there's probably not like a conclusion that we're going to arrive at.
1: All right. Well, okay. T- tell me what your, kind of your strategy was for approaching this.
0: Because I suspected there was going to be some pushback just because the idea, it like, it would require people to think outside of the box a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I I predicted that like I went a bit further, not just like hey here's my here's some mockups. What do you think? Like let's do this or what? Um, right. So I wanted to put some a little bit more care and an extra work. So not just the mockups, like I said, some prototypes, so people could actually click it and see how it would come up and ah oh, nice be dismissed and stuff like that. And and also I I wrote a semi long ish. GitHub issue like explaining like uh, basically just saying why are we you know uh, talking about this? Why is this a problem? Uh, what do we need to fix? Here's my solution and how it fixes this. Kind of like in some mockups and some images, like a, a small blog post. Right. Um, it was on GitHub issues just because that's where we post that yeah. stuff to our team. That's like that's like the maximum <laughs> That's like the what i the best thing I can do, right I can't really do much more than that uh but still like i wasn't probably it was the way I wrote it the way I communicated the i don't know it wasn't enough because when that other friend he was much better suited to communicate this because apparently we had the same idea, and he was able to put it in a much more concise, clear pfft, better way. So it's this, it's this ability to, to, to again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, this ability to communicate and sell your design, your work. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess like one of the (laughs) major differences with how I tend to present my work and like most of the people at Shopify do present their work is Mm -hmm. we never, ever do it on like, a written format like github issues or something like that how do you do it It, always in person or in a in a hangout always have that like one-to-one conversation because you know what like even if you're like you could put something on on envision uh and sometimes we do but we use it more for the like uh prototyping functionality and the actual comments that are going to be there are going to be entered by you as the designer who made this thing rather than like let me send you a link and like you give give me your feedback and the reason why is i feel <laughs> i feel like it's a lot easier to um misconstrued some some arguments in written format and you also lose a lot of the tone on both sides mm-hmm. and that actually having that like one-one conversation is a lot easier to like talk through some of the differences in opinions. Because if you're if you're in GitHub issues and you read this thing, it feels very final. <laughs> and I I think people tend to like overreact there and try to write like this one big comment to like let me tell you everything that is wrong with this rather than sort of asking question and being able to have that back and forth so yeah i'd say that's probably one of the big differences not not to say that there is, would be no way to write a convincing like comment that says here's why we should do this design over this other thing but i think it really helps to to be in person other than that i mean i'm assume, i'm assuming you sort of went through like here's here's our goals for like this project here's what like all the problems that we're trying to solve and here's like sort of why this is a better approach than than other approaches that i've tried
0: yeah pretty standard hmm. way of Putting things, you know, uh, calls. It's not always easy. Yeah, especially, especially with because time zones and stuff. Yeah, and I, I, sometimes I, you know, I did that, and what ends up happening is like, okay, that's a good point. Uh, so let me, you know, dwell on this and think about it, and I'll, I'll write you a response or something. Oh really? <laughs> and then it kind of like misses the point. Yeah, that happened. Huh. Um, here's something else that I feel like. Pfft, people maybe don't talk much about it because it's not fair, correct? I don't know. Is that uh, the sense of like how much, res- it's not just respect, how much, um, I'm missing the word. I don't want to say how famous are you, <laughs> <laughs> but like how oh, much credibility, <laughs> there you go, credibility. I feel like it's something that you, you earn uh, throughout your career. Mm-hmm. All this to say that if, I don't know if you come up to me and say dude uh, your car is stupid I'm like haha your car is stupid Uh, or uh, if like (laughs) uh, Steve Jobs or something like your biggest hero said dude your car is stupid I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to sell this car and buy a (laughs) new one Um,
1: (laughs) I think that's the wrong way to look at it to be honest
0: and that's a terrible example by the
1: way I wouldn't sell my car if Steve Jobs told me it was stupid (laughs)
0: No, but, well, if my mom says, hey, I think this design sucks, or, you know, if Johnny Ive says, I think this design sucks, like it carries a different weight, right? Um, Maybe. Come on. You're not going to agree on that?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you that because I think both of the. Wow. Okay. So these two types of feedback are both going to be important. They're going to be important for different reasons, but I think like your mom should like your design as much as uh, as Johnny Ive. Right. Like, you shouldn't be like, oh, you're my mom. Like, I'm not going to listen to your feedback because honestly, your mom, your mom might have better feedback than Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive is going to say, like, make it thinner and uh, make the, t- <laughs> the the text uh, less legible. And um, yeah, I don't know, hide all the, the labels, make it undiscoverable. <laughs> that might be Johnny Ive's I feedback.
0: Like I, I have to try this again. I'm not going to.
1: Because he doesn't need that those things, because he he gets it. Like he works in tech all day. But your mom might not have as much like context of the the tech world, the tech world, uh, than that he does. So her feedback might actually be way more valuable. Like I I don't think you should look at feedback based on who gave it to you. And that's actually something that I see sometimes. And we call it the like. The, the, the Toby card at uh, Shopify. So, like, Toby's our CEO. And when someone says, oh, yeah, yeah, well, Toby told me this was better or he liked this one better. And it's like, this should never be a valuable argument in a discussion. You should never say, like, this person's feedback is more important than this other one. If the feedback is good, then it should be able to stand out, out on its own. So, yeah, I, I'd say, like fee- like, feedback is, like, the general is get as much as you can and not all fee- feedback is is necessarily good or, or like positive. Like there's some feedback that you can agree and say like, okay, yeah, this is a totally a, f- a fair point, but here's why all the different reasons why it may or may not be valid in this, in this case. But I think it's still valuable to be able to know, okay, this certain type of user feels that way um, with like this design or whatever. And then you can choose whether or not like it's important to you or not, but I think it's, it's so valid in some way.
0: I agree, but I think we're both right.
1: Sorry for my big rant.
0: I think we're both right. I, I can't imagine that. Well, maybe the mom thing and it was a better, it was a not, not the best example, but dude, if, if you tweet about something that you just released and, you know someone that you don't know on Twitter says hey man that that color is really bad or if someone that you like really respect in the field uh, says you know what maybe that color is not that great it carries different weights to you like I I I feel like you have to <laughs> I don't know I mean I, I, I I felt this basically like I'm saying this one particular example, I'm saying this is my solution, I think this is better. And if this other guy says it, Jesus, it carries a different weight if he <laughs> says it's right. Um
1: Yeah, well then you have social validation, right? That it's it was like it could just be the fact that it's one more person that's on your side, or it may just be that like, okay, this part like I don't know, your boss really admires uh, this other person then is going to uh, like agree to whatever this person says but that doesn't mean the person is right
0: well what I'm what where where I'm trying to get with this and how this is tied to the previous discussion is that I feel like the credibility that you earned uh throughout your career uh, also has a different impact on how you sell it basically like if you are if you don't have have no experience whatsoever uh and you're selling something to a freelance or you won three design awards um the effort on the way you're gonna have to sell your work probably is gonna be different um
1: yeah the way I see it it's <laughs> like tr- trust is like this battery and you start out you start off at like fifty percent or something um and you have to like charge your battery over time and it, there's actions you can take that that's gonna like charge your battery more but there's also some some actions that are going to lower your battery. So you have to like sort of weigh in and like understand that when you and like I'm not saying this like about you cuz you have you've been there for a while but let's say someone's just joining a new team like your your battery level is going to is is going to be at 50 and like you're going to have to prove yourself a lot more than someone who's been there for a while that has gained that trust um, in all the different stakeholders. Um, so yeah, I don't know, may, maybe like I, I, I still think that there it's normal that people it's like trust but verify. Uh, <laughs> it's like um, they want to have to make sure and like test you to make sure that you have a solid understanding of why you're making certain decisions. I think it's part of maybe the process of, of gaining that trust. But it does suck being placed in a situation where the your different stakeholders are looking for like outside opinion be like, well, this person said this, so I agree with them. And it's like, well, I'd much rather discuss the actual argument than appeal to like authority or whatever. I don't know. I feel like I'm not being helpful. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think like there's one solution. There isn't. This is just like me trying to kick off some kind of discussion. Um, but it's interesting. Like it's something that it's people don't talk much, and there's no like online tutorial on how to sell your design, <laughs> 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 and how to phrase your ideas in a concise and effective way. Right. Um, but it's, I would say, almost as useful as a skill than just being able to actually create. Mm. Rectangles and circles. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, drawing rectangles is only half of the job. Like yeah. The other half is, is talking about your work. The other half
0: the other half is not as talked about. Like, we we don't have access to resources to help us on that other half. Yeah. And it's as important. Yeah, that's right? true. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, if you look at, like, you know, if you go to school or pff, tutorials online, people just... Teach you how to use tools. Not. It's very hard to talk about what actually makes a good designer. How can I train and be, get better at that?
1: Selling casts. <laughs> <laughs> Have a new side project <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that's a very good point. And like, I've been like trying to think. Like, are there like is there anything off the top of my head that is like okay? If you had to give advice to anyone on how to do that, I I feel like it's very hard to think of, okay, here are some general rules that you need to use that are applicable to anything. Like it feels Mm -hmm. a lot more specific to like this individual situation. And one thing that might be interesting that I can try is next time I'm presenting a design to like actually write down some of the like important, like key parts that I have in, in my way of, of explaining it and showing it to people but
0: yeah I don't know it's yeah it's tough I don't know uh, something that I really use in like base my it's not just pitches but how do I try to sell something let's say um, is watching a lot of Apple keynotes <laughs> like it's the biggest change to this modal since
1: <laughs> we launched <laughs>
0: uh, but like I feel like the 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 introduction of, of the iPhone, um, the original iPhone, is such a, a you know historic event and turning point in the industry. And the way it's presented, it's brilliant. I feel like that's you know that can be used as a case study in schools how to sell something, Some, sell something that is completely new. Um, uh, you know, like you I'm going to introduce the iPhone. three things to it.
1: you today: a header, <laughs> <laughs> a modal, and a footer. A header, a modal, a footer. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? These are not three things. This is one website.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think the, the iPhone introduction is definitely like the best product introduction ever created, in my opinion. Like it's just so... I don't know, like the... That's one part that I really love about it that Apple doesn't do anymore. but I don't know if you've noticed this, but how um, he's gonna say all the like the devil's advocate like take on, yeah. on everything yeah. that that he says. and like knowing Steve Jobs, you know that he was the person to say like, <laughs> like I, I don't know like why, um, why why don't we have a, a physical keyboard? Well, let me explain to you why we don't want that. Uh, or um, I don't know what were the other things that he was talking about. We'll like, use a
0: stylus? Yeah, <laughs> and the, the the access of smartphones uh, and dumb phones and their oh hard yeah, yeah, yeah. And the functionality and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was so it was good. Great. And like basically like crossing off all the the negative points about this this product that he's introducing and. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a, a pretty good lens to look at at the things that you're presenting. Um, now that I think about it, is okay. Like, look at this from a very critical eye. Like, what are the the things that people may say about this? Um, the things that are more controversial, and let me like break down really well why I've considered them and why my solution solves the problem here. Um, that can be a really cool approach.
0: All right, man. Uh this was awesome, but I feel like we're 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 really getting nowhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's. Well, I I I opened the box. The discussion is out there. Um, let's think about this. And I don't know if. By the way, listeners, if you have any ideas, if this is uh, something that you are struggling with or thinking about or something, hey, I, we would love to to hear it. So you know what to do. You know we do have a Slack thingy, right? Uh, if you go to spec.fm/slash Slack request an invite and get in and yeah, let's talk there. Um it's getting long, we have to we have to end this. Dude, before we go, do you have recommendations? I feel like we should I I do, sort
1: of. Uh I, Okay. Let's hear it. I have a recommendation of a product that I haven't received yet. Uh that, <laughs> that I ordered. <laughs> Does that
0: count? <laughs> Top notch, yes. I really liked ordering this. So <laughs> you should um, too.
1: I did actually like ordering it. I ordered it through uh, the App Store app uh, and pay with Apple Pay, which is great. Um, Yeah, so I think we talked about it on the show. Um, I really want to try uh, smart lights um, for my place. Um, And I wasn't sure which one to get. A lot of people recommended um, the Philips Hue lights. Uh, The problem is I have like a lot of rooms uh, at my place have many lights that are connected to one outlet and so the hue lights actually become quite expensive like if I want to replace every single one of these lights and there's the additional downside of you can't use the switch that is on the wall you basically have to leave that on all the time uh, and Mm -hmm. then uh, Hue cell sells you like an additional like sort of remote that you can stick on a wall <laughs> next yeah. to your your normal outlet, but that's not a very elegant solution. Um, so uh, I discovered that we have a home a- automation channel um, on the the Shopify Slack. Um, so there was a back and forth discussions there, uh, and some people were having the same sort of reservations as I did, um, and. Uh, Some people, one person recommended the Lutron Caseta wireless smart lighting. We'll put a link in the the show notes because I just can't pronounce these names. Um, But what it is, is instead of being the actual light, it's the like power switch, uh, basically. Um, So you just replace that. It's a bit more effort up front, but then you can keep using the lights you already have. Uh, And it just acts as a bridge to like sort of let you turn these lights on and off. So I ordered the pack that like starter pack that has the uh, the bridge kind of thing and two uh, light outlets. So I will give them a shot. Uh, I think they're pretty good because I read a lot of reviews about them. So that's why I'm still placing them in recommendation. I will follow up on what that experience was like and if I do recommend them fully. But so far, I think it can be a pretty good choice uh, for people to have the same same problems with the Hue lights as I have. So
0: there you go. There you That's go. my Recommendation. <laughs> um, I guess it, you know it doesn't have the you know dimming the lights, the bulbs, actually, and you know changing colors and stuff like that. So you can't the, change the colors, Hue-
1: but you can dim the lights.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool to know. All right, I'm looking. Uh, I'll, I'll look for your. Your full review. I will report back. <laughs> okay. Um I I have two recommendations this week. They're both awesome. So one is a game, another one is an app. The game is the uh, the Resident Evil Seven by a hazard. So how how familiar are, are you with this game?
1: Uh I've heard of it.
0: Okay, <laughs> I feel such a gamer when I'm around you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I feel so underqualified to gamer. like even like ask you questions about it. Wait, let me go for it. Uh.
0: All right, so Resident Evil, uh, you know, like the franchise is a yes. horror. Well, in my opinion, it started as a like a horror game, and then up until like from Resident Evil Three and forwards, it's like an action game. You mm. shoot zombies, whatever. Um this new this Resident Evil 7 is like a big departure from the 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 genre. So it's the first Resident Evil where you play in first person. Um and it's like it's way actually it's more of a silent hill, meaning it's more of a horror game than an action game, if like a shooter. And I mean, just as a horror game, it's amazing. It's a really good de writing, the storytelling, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin is just sending me screenshots and of the, the game. I know, right? This is so as creepy. A, as a horror yeah. game, <laughs> as a horror oh game is a really good game. Again, the writing and all that. Just for it, if you like scary games, horror games, buy it because it's awesome. But if you have a PlayStation 4 and you have PlayStation VR, oh what! This is like, yeah, this is like the oh first game that it supports like both VR or non-VR game modes. So it's not like, usually the games have like a VR experience, like a half an hour, mm-hmm. an hour long experience in VR. is pretty cool. Um, but this is like the whole game. You can play the whole game in VR. Wow. And uh, so I I just finished uh, today the whole game. It took me 10 hours, um, the first playthrough. And let me tell you, like, I love uh, scary games horror games i love scary movies uh-huh but if i'm gonna be honest like I, I don't get scared really like i i love playing them i like it but i don't really get scared yeah that's um, the
1: problem i i yeah. don't play video games but i feel the same way about horror movies like i love horror movies because like when i started getting into them i got really scared uh but i just love that feeling and the mm-hmm. more like the more you like it the less scared you become so, and the
0: more you crave that yeah. feeling of actually being scared, yeah, I know. So same thing for me, like with movies and games. But let me tell you, dude, in VR, it's it's a whole different game, dude. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't explain it, but it's not like when you're playing a game or watching a movie, for that matter. Like stuff is happening in the TV, right? Like yeah, you look a little bit. Up and you're not looking at TV like you're looking at a wall. You're like, Mm -hmm. you like you, you disattach yourself to the experience. To the yeah, you
1: can still feel you're in your house,
0: yeah, you are in your house, but yeah. So when you're in VR, you're not (laughs) really because the immersion is just so huge and powerful that you just like you can't just turn your face away because if you do, just (laughs) you're still there, right? Anyway. And like jump scares, they don't happen in the TV. Jump scares, they happen to you. Like <laughs> something just really popped in front of you. It's it's a whole different thing. I generally got scared, like, and it was freaky, like creepy, creepy. Damn, that must it. be amazing. <laughs> ah, so, if you have the opportunity, if you do like scary games, please try this. Uh, it's amazing. If you don't, as a as a horror game, is a really good one. So, hmm.
1: I feel like I'd totally be into this game if I had a PlayStation Four.
0: Well, but I feel like this is a good, a good reason to buy one, maybe, dude. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if I'm gonna use it. Uh,
1: you will. You will. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Maybe next week I'll recommend a PlayStation Four. Who knows? <laughs> 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 your your shopping problem is rubbing off on me.
0: Uh, my second and last recommendation is an app called Swift Playgrounds. Surprise! Wow. It's an app by this uh, small indie company. It's called Apple, and you know, it's an app for your iPad, in where they teach you how to code. Now, I was always like pretty curious because I hear people talking, you know, good things about this app. For me, it would be impossible to experience like how good of a you know of a way to learn programming is it? Because I I know how to program, I know how to code, so like I can't really know that, but uh my girlfriend got really interested this weekend for some reason into programming code uh. and i installed this app on her ipad and i told her hey why don't you try this cuz apparently it's a good is a good um and cool app to learn how to code and she did and dude uh <laughs> she spent the whole weekend like glued to the screen going through all the uh, how do you call it? like exercises? The games, yeah. cause that is a game, but Damn. it teaches like real concepts of programming. Like I was surprised; like it was really cool and good. And
1: that's awesome. I really need to go back.
0: Yeah. In one day, she she like knows the concepts of you know a for loop and a while loop and a function and what it is and calling it back and you know types and all of that. It probably took me like a month in college to, nice. to be familiar with. It's it's really cool, and Do
1: you have a new employee for uh, break the safe.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's my plan all along. So there you go. Like if if you don't know how to code and you would like to and you have an iPad, get this a shot. It's free. Should you answer. though? <laughs> <laughs> and we should end there.
1: <laughs> all right. Yes, so you can find the show notes at layout.fm. Everything's gonna be there or uh right in your uh podcast app of choice. Uh if you have any feedbacks uh that you'd like to tell us, you can uh tap the contact link in the navigation on on our website Mm. uh or tweet at us uh at layoutfm on Twitter. Again, we've mentioned this, but we're part of the uh spec.fm uh network. They have amazing shows um, that are really super interesting. Uh, so go there if you are looking for more podcasts to listen to. Um, th- you're gonna find something there. Um, oh wait! Special thanks to uh, Guillaume um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, what's the, what's his last name again? Silva. Silva. Is it? Am I saying yeah, yeah, yeah. it right? Guilherme uh, Well, Guillaume. as right as you
0: Silva? can, I guess. Do you, yeah. do you pronounce
1: the E or not? That's, that's what Guilherme Silva Okay, Guilherme Silva Guilherme uh, Silva dude,
0: This is going to be awesome So, by the way, this is on the record So, it's like, you know, in a month Kevin is going to say this every episode So, in a month, his pronunciation is going to be top notch So Uh,
1: This is so embarrassing I'm Yeah, really yeah, sorry. he's our
0: editor, he's awesome, by the way
1: Gu- guillerme
0: so, uh, no, no, guillerme seva. So I just doing, don't know if dude, I'm doing it it's right. Like, That's the thing. It's like you're doing great for what you can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye, bye.